Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 76 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. We'll be talking this week, as often, about A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. And I'm really excited for our guest today, Ash Barker from Gorilla Miniatures Game. He was one of the early content creators to jump on making A Song of Ice and Fire content. And he's really been a strong supporter of the game since its infancy. And he came on the podcast back in like episode 13. And so uh, it's great to have him back. And with that being said, you know, Ash, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? It's been great. So, you know, for those who missed it, actually, you were on the podcast last year or two years ago. 2018. I was sit- sitting in my basement in like October, November, something like that, I remember. Man, that Song of Ice and Fire, that whole landscape has changed so much. Yeah, I mean, 2018 would have been what? It was Night's Watch was just yep. coming out. I think I think Kumani had sent me the Night's Watch box and we were like dinking around with it. And there was just really two factions besides them. Like it was a it was a three faction game at that point with like I, although to be fair, the Night's Watch box was probably the most functional starter set out of the oh, box. that came out and like brutalized people in that but, uh, <laughs> yeah, six points one swords or something. I don't I don't feel bad about that at all. I don't feel bad about that change at all. People yeah, fucking, that was... people people ate their shirts over that and I was like, nah, it's, that's that's fine. That's a that's a that's a seven point unit at least. So it's been a, it's been a bit. I mean, so far back, I guess actually that was before season eight of Game of Thrones had even premiered, right? Yeah, so, there was nothing. They were still oh, waiting on them filming that. They were still waiting on them filming that. We, we were we were young once, <laughs> <laughs> young and full of hope. Although I guess, yeah, it hasn't been that long. I guess there hasn't been another George R. R. Martin book since, so it's not it's not too long, right? It's a yeah, that's yeah. true. He did Night Flyers on Netflix, and I think it's the last thing he's done. Yeah, you had you had thirty three battle reports that you've had up now for Song of Ice and Fire. And, uh, you know, things look like they're going strong. I would love watching your games. Yeah. What's kind of your general thoughts on where, like, A Song of Ice and Fire is in your scene? In my, like, fishbowl. Yeah, in my fishbowl. I would say that it has certainly... So so what what was interesting was if we take that timeline in 2018 and we think about the releases that came out, they were really consistent 2019 through that summer at Gen Con right up until about this fall and they built a ton of steam locally um people were excited with the new releases the two big local game stores that stocked it were able to get a hold of it they worked at some of their distribution issues across the you know the border here and it got a lot of like it got a lot of momentum through the usual i think the usual like natural sort of like miniature wargaming build they they did a good job of i think parceling out their releases where you had starter set but then you backfilled a range um, and this is just me putting on my like my business hat having worked in miniature <laughs> for a long time. It, when you do when you do that kind of a rollout, right? We had two factions at start. They backfilled those factions for the first you know two months, and then like you said, November twenty eighteen, they dropped Night's Watch as like a pre release and a preview. Um, some people got boxes, started talking about them. It came out in January, I think. Um, and then they, but even when it came out, they still backfilled units into uh, Lannisters and Starks. And they, they did a really good job of continuing that process of like every three months a new starter came out because it was Free Folk, I think, in March. Yep. And then they backfilled Nightwatch through that. So you got Crossbows. Uh, summertime, you got Heroes 2. Um, and then you got Targaryens pre-released in summertime. I'm sorry, I've completely lost track of time. because it's, like <laughs> it's like April 2020. It's like we're four months in 2020. Time like 2020 doesn't mean anything anymore, right? I, I mean, it, what it, day is it? I don't even yeah. know right now. This is, this is what it feels like in a black hole, I'm pretty sure. But, um, but, but anyway, but that process, I guess, just to, to make it short, it's very long, um, was like really healthy. And so I think that really helped 
if you started back that like first fall in 2018, you felt like there was always a little bit of something, no matter what faction you played. And they were really smart too, just like scattering in neutrals that were for everybody. So everybody, even if they hadn't had something for their faction, kind of got a little taste of like, yeah, unless it was free for whatever. But I think Owen is our emissary, I think, in your group, right? He's the free folk player. Yeah, he's a free folk player. Uh actually, no, so so is so is Clarence, but Clarence, so is, Clarence. is just all oh, right, Clarence, who can forget? Yeah. But Clarence is that Clarence is a skew player. And so his <laughs> his free folk army will never be on camera because it's just like nine hundred units of of um <laughs> of, of, of free point guys. Um well, sorry. He's also massively regretting that because he has—he was the guy that like hunted down and bought four boxes of great axes, and then oh. painted painted three of them, and then was like immediately full of tears and woe and regret when that that whole change happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, so so <laughs> the, the 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 tournament scene was pretty good. We had like um, a, like I I kind of tried to hit kickstart that hobby champion thing, and I ran two major events. One last one last fall at Certain Brush, and I won that first one that we had. Um, but other people started picking up kind of the banners in their local stores, which is nice. And the store owners supported them because they were selling product. And that kind of lasted up until this last fall, I guess, when, you know, the, the you know, the usual things that happen, companies have hiccups and, yeah. you know, products are like Peter and stuff. Um, but it's, it's got a pretty solid base. And I think regardless of like, you know, any kind of like, just, we don't have stuff to sell hiccups. Um, the store owners are pretty happy with it and there's no like, there's no like uh, decline in the player base. I mean, maybe it maybe it maybe stopped. It leveled off the growth that it was having the exponential growth where people were like, "Hey, cool, a rank and flight game, and it plays fast." And you know, it it really passes that Christmas morning test of like we just open the boxes and play. Um, so I think the exponential growth may have like slowed down in the last like six months, but there's certainly like no drop off in the player base. People are still enjoying it, and they haven't like there's nothing else that's come out in the same niche. You know what I mean? Right. So there's nothing. There's really nothing to distract people from it. And there's been no other real major game releases either. Yeah, um, to, to I, I always wondered if uh, I know it's based on the books. I do always wonder if, like, the way season eight went, not everybody was thrilled with how that season of the of the show went. If that had any impact on it, I don't know. I I think I don't think that it I don't think that it did because I think that those people were the people that were just lucky lose anyway. Yeah, that's true. If you look at a Facebook group as being like the, the size of a community, I don't think that's true. That's, I think maybe yeah. maybe half are active in the community and half of them are lucky. There's people who are like, I want to I want to feel this out. And I want to see what it's like and like I want to see what the community's like and how the people are. We're starting to get a lot more players that are just jumping in because of the game mechanics. Yes, um, yes. It, it's I think that I think the thing it has going for it after the last like year and a half, two years, because we're coming up on two years this fall, is that we're about eighteen months in and it's being played in real life. And that's a huge like win for a Kickstarter game <laughs> where the big barrier between Kickstarter and real life is stores can't make any money off it typically. Right. But this time around, they got proc like right away to stores. Most of the Kickstarter stuff was available. I mean, the Hand of the King stuff wasn't, but that was just, that made the Kickstarter backers feel good. They had something right. special, which I think was okay. I thought they were going <laughs> to put that stuff out way earlier. No, no. And I think that's important. They're, they're really smart about Kickstarter. From the point of view of, we know that the people that do back this stuff early need to remain feeling special, mm-hmm. right? And so, so I think that the fact that Matt Nagar is not yet still, everything else I think is that it's just not. But but that's still something that makes those people feel relatively special, and and so that's a yeah. distinction because like you've gone almost two years having a unit in your army that nobody else had, 
and it's a cool ass unit too like it's like it probably is. one of the most iconic things in <laughs> the, the lore of the game right although like, by the time he does come out i think there's gonna be so many counters he'll just slide right in perfectly those yeah, first yeah. few games you played when it was just like your starter set and then you like threw in that one like hand of the king unit or something you're like, yeah he does he just, what he just, dump, <laughs> he just dumpstered people he's he's like, like, okay he just, he just auto kills my wife <laughs> yeah but now he looks at a giant the giant just like backhands him off his horse or yeah, yeah he gets too close to, he gets too close to he gets too close to mira and mira just explodes oh, in the trap or something yeah yeah <clears> yeah so you know it i think it'll be i think when he does come out i think it'll actually be you know in a very very uh in a good spot well, the game, I would say that it, we're in a really interesting place because it, mechanically speaking, the game is still, and I don't want to, we can talk about this maybe a bit more afterwards, but I'll just kind of, is mechanically speaking, the game is still great. <clears throat> like the Targaryens themselves, I think. I, I don't, I mean, just from like, I, I put my Game Designer hat on, I don't know how in development they were before the first four boxes came out. Because there's been so much shifting to the, the actual, like, out of the game and so many core rule changes so far in 18 months that i feel like they had a very flexible design schedule like they designed probably the first two factions put them out and were like let's see what the world does with this right. <laughs> you know and then and then from there the game's kind of like growing I, I don't think they i guess what i'm saying is i don't think they printed cards for targaryens two years ago. i think cards for targaryens are probably getting printed. they've still been playing destiny as as mm-hmm. they they're they're printing they're printing closer to what do you think the impact of that is? What are the implications of that? Because assholes like us have break the game. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's it. Like you, it, they're, they're they're smart enough as a manufacturer because they do their manufacturing, right? To to know that that whatever they make, and this is the thing about them having a council app, and actually something I think they may have taken cues from Belly on, is that they can they can update in real time their assets. Right. Yeah, and there is a certain danger to that because people, if if they're gonna really go that route, they really need to just stop printing cardboard altogether and just force people to use the apps because mm. the and but the problem is the board game company and the more they do that, the board game yeah. always doesn't play it because there is a disconnect. It's actually happened at two of us so far. We've had people come to the event thinking units worked oh, in a way no. that they don't. Well, you how would you know? Yeah, well, honestly, when you go if to their you, website, you, even it's like hard to find it. Well, that's it. And so how would you know, how would you know even if you just learned to play in the store? Well, gee, Ash, you know what they could do? They could listen to the On the Table Gaming podcast where we discuss all things A Song of Ice and Fire. But that's, (laughs) I'm just saying is, is (laughs) right, right, right. You you, you end up with an assets disconnect. So either, either those assets need to have some kind of like marking on them with like an addition number or saying like, make sure if you're event, event organizers need to take it on themselves. There's, there's lots of checks and that kind of thing but they've evolved their game in 18 months like let's let's put it that way you, you don't see you don't typically see a halfway through an addition addition change right 12 months in you know like that's that's a pretty aggressive like addition change so i do think they're developing a little bit um and you see things like uh what's that new character that literally creates a new tactics board zone oh like, yeah that's, that's or... yeah. yes <laughs> the warlock like that's an unprecedented design thing and that's because, and I, I'm really excited about that because that sets a precedent of, you know, we they're not just going deep into existing tactic zones or creating replace effects because right. I, I don't like replace effects. I think replace effects devalue the NCU board in general. Uh, additional effects tend to be better. I also don't think that the NCUs are that should even be as prevalent as they are. B five points. There should never be an NCU that costs more than a grand unit. Period. 
Hmm. Um, well, because and I'll make an argument with. But anyway, so so I guess just to just to round off my my like, how's it doing here? I think that people have been excited about the amount of development that's gone into it. It seems like it's dynamic. Lots of new units have come out for everybody, and so it had some exponential growth over the first probably twelve months and eighteen months in. Now we're seeing a pretty healthy player base. I mean, right up until everybody got thrown into house house arrest. Yeah, this is like <laughs> unprecedented situation here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially for this sort of genre of hobby right where it's literally about getting together with people yeah. uh with pushing miniatures around well and also unfortunate company whose entire product line is made in china yes yeah <laughs> that's that's all that presents a just a just a logistical hurdle that i really hope they they don't have to to suffer a lot of like damage from yeah at the same time i mean they've been they've been trickling out the hype a lot of the the product got out um i know the the unsullied sword masters have been out um, so it seems like up till then, those those made it. We'll see what happens to the next in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. How much that gets delayed. Yeah, I mean, there's... what do you think of the sculpts and stuff? Do you feel like I, I can't ever tell if it's just me and my my head like envisioning it, but it seems like the sculpts are getting better, disregarding like those weird Melisandre nose things people were talking about. Some of their boxes, her nose like is in yeah. <laughs> that's but... that's a well, I mean that's a that's a that's a QA thing, not a sculpting thing. That's just that's just the fact that that if they're making product fast, they're not checking their, they're not checking their casts. Gotcha. Um, but like I think they, like Stark Bowman to like anything that's come out in the past few months. And it's like, holy crap. Like well, these things that's just amazing. experience. That's just experience. It's people dialing in what they want. Well, also even um, one of the things I've noticed is that the scale is a lot more consistent. You don't have giant, huge, like, <laughs> ridiculous Lannisters. Right. Next to like dinky, small, like <laughs> free folk who are like, all anemic and like, you know, like they, these are supposed to be the it's giant, dramatic. terrifying. It's supposed, be, you know, supposed to be the giant, terrifying Viking people. And that's like true. They're, that's they're true. squaring off against. They're squaring off against. You know, Joe Farmer from somewhere <laughs> near Lannisport, who's been who's been given really expensive arms and told if he loses the helmet, he's gonna have his children's hands and feet are gonna be cut off. You're you're literally just here to stand in the armor. That's all you're supposed to do. You're holding the armor up and walking it around. You can imagine that's what the Lannister training for the like you are you are armor or just a mannequin maybe they're just, this armor they're just padding the armor right that's why they look so that's big just, yeah just stand here and point the spear towards the charging horses that's all you do <laughs> so now we've got the we're up to seven factions right so you know i know you play a lot of starks and especially knights watch on stream you also you play boltons i mean you play a bunch of forces but now that we're up to you know seven factions do you have a favorite faction well i think it's funny because i think the tactics deck tends to dominate that conversation there are units that are individually powerful but i think that most of the factions live and die off the tactics deck i do think that the starks um and the knight's watch core tactics decks are probably the most powerful in the game still mm-hmm. um and you can actually see that because their cards have been blended into other factions right, right. so both free folk and the targaryens pull some stark cards um because they're just amazing cards and like and, but the, and the difference is You've got two or three really powerful, you know, core tactics deck cards in the Targaryens and the Free Folk, but then you look at the Starks and the Starks have all, right, <laughs> right, like all together. Um, I would have said the Lannister core deck was really good too, but I will say that the it, not the not the reduction of morale into the game, but the fact that it's been flattened, mm-hmm. um, where you can't spike hard, spike you can't it. you yeah. can't spike it anymore because that was the, the Lannister deck was built around spiking morale and and just putting so much of an influence on the die roll that you were just taking your morale stat in casualties typically when you fail the morale. 
Um, oh, right. As a free folk player, I have certainly, I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, because the problem was the worst morale stuff got, got the the worse you actually took casualties from morale so your morale stat wasn't just what you needed to roll to pass it was actually when facing lannisters it was your casualty oh yeah and so like anything i will take eight wounds on my raiders and that's really the nine with at least the minimum you did one wound maybe i yeah that's it well you just you just you come apart and just the clouds of arms and legs you know the whole thing just the whole thing damn farmers what are they feeding those people well, it's not even, and well, then the negative gameplay experience of that is it wasn't even farmers. It was a blonde lady sitting in a castle somewhere 700 miles away right, that, right. that had a thought. You know what I mean? Put a crown on her explode. head. Yeah, yeah. She just, she, she wrote a letter or something. She, she mailed one of your, <laughs> she, she mailed one of you a pink finger. Like, we'll send you the rest of the hand later. And the unit just ran away. And so, yeah, I think that that's a, I think that that's a, that's a, that's an, a, definitely an okay thing to do. I think that the very morale thing is okay. But the problem is, we're left with, because the one here's the here's and just come back circle back to my point about updating uh, gameplay assets on the fly. The one thing they actually can't update is the tactics. Right, right. So unless you, I mean, they can, but because but you be... physically, but you physically need those cards. Well, then you have to right? print it out, and then it would look like a. And, well, not even that. It would, and it would make the card. It would actually make the sleeve fatter, and like, yeah. There's some. There's some real like those are the things they'll have to print new ones of if they go in and change the tactics. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say that all of those seven factions right now, and, and part of it is the wide and deep mentality. The Starks, I'm, I'm pretty confident the Starks are done. There's, I don't think there's a lot of units you're going to see come up for Starks anymore. We get, might get one or two more units over the next like three years, but they hmm. was kind of it. Like there's, there's not really like a, what else could you imagine them coming out with? Like the fact that was the fat guy in his, that, that fight at the trident like like oh, man, oh yeah like, i mean i, I guess i could see like some i could think of oh, I'm, combat. I'm sure car starts sure, maybe i'm sure waiting on the like hero boxes well you might i mean I you know. might get more tullies like you might get a tully right. box hero box but like that's just going that's just going deeper into something it's not yeah going wide. that's true the, the problem is that that at the end of the day regardless of what your ncs are and your attachments are the core infantry right the, the things sitting on the mm -hmm. table are what actually dominate the conversation in a game how they mm -hmm. interact with each other right. is influenced by the characters in the, the ncs in the tactics deck but like that the core competency of your tactics deck which means the six cards that you have base right of your 20 card deck or whatever it is, mm -hmm. they, they are the core competence of the faction and then the the actual the other ones and so they're adjusting the units a bunch we might see more changes there but but i don't think you're going to see a lot of things come out and i think they've gotten a lot more judicious on messing with neutrals too because the problem is yeah. to give neutrals at once yeah and, and you just see that with play like the like the, like, the long sorted history of of michael chanel's favorite unit that <laughs> started, started <laughs> off being just the best thing in the game and then has slowly like wound its way around to oh yeah but if we keep it like this and we give people a cavalry attachment cal drogo makes this kind of ridiculous or you know like it, it just it can't be available to everybody and also right. be amazing because yeah, yeah, every time they go look at their army list, they say, well, why would I want to take any of my stuff when I could just that's take it. the neutral? Yeah, why would I bother? I'm, I'm not going to bother. I just take a neutral instead. And so you, you end up with this overshadowing that becomes unfortunate. And, and I, I'll be honest, I would have just made the Boltons Stark. <laughs> like, no. just, make, just, make them, just make them Starks and give them the, the Craster thing. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like that's what, if and I that would literally just be thing, a one card change thing. Like it's like, yeah. a, like a no coin beyond the wall card. It's yeah. just like, hey, listen, that's just their rule. 
Exactly. Right. Just make them stocks. Just make so them stocks. Down the line, them, uh, like you have such an experience, like a depth of experience with wargaming. You know, and at some point, every game is going to have so many units that you're just like, it's it's like too much. And well, then you see like creative too. themes and things. Every game gets there. It's unavoidable. You, Do you think you can't... that's like an inevitability here where they're going to maybe that would be an idea to. Yes. Well, it, it's there's two things that they, they, they will slowly run towards and they're going to run towards the fact that they're they're playing with a licensed product and they're eventually just going to run names. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you, you George, George is going to die someday. <laughs> there's not going to be any more books. But then they're going to find so... a chest with just like a bunch of scrolls <laughs> with names on it. I think he, he'll make his own name generator. It'll be, it'll be like it'll be like Christopher Tolkien or some show. <laughs> it's just, like, it just it just goes off. Nobody knows what the hell's going on after a while. Um, but but no, but that's that's the that's the inevitability one, and the inevitability two is eventually you reach a consumer exhaustion where mm-hmm. people stop caring because they're overwhelmed, right? And so right. so the, there is unfortunately like unless you start. And what happens then is you move into like phase two of the life cycle of a game where you get updated sculpts, you get re-sculpts, you get a whole new edition change. Like, yeah, you can use your own. Look at all these great new models. And you've mm-hmm. watched Games Workshop the other years, right? We're like, yeah, it, functionally, I could use my Space Marines from 1989. You know, no problem. But, but I don't. Because <laughs> they're one third the size. And while I have like an affection for them, not nearly as cool as Space Marines from 2020. So like, it's... It's it's that that sort of like that progression where the, the you move into new phases for a game, mm-hmm. and at seven factions, I think we're we're not nearly there yet. Like there's lots of new stuff to come out, and there's the you've gone you've gone just the very tip of the iceberg on Targaryens and really on the uh, Baratheons as well. Right. I think we've got we've got Greyjoys, uh, you know, to see at some point. We've got. I don't know if the Greyjoys are going to be neutral. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you slot the. They're th- like they're a they're a thing, but I don't know if there's enough there to make them. Like I want like Black Lauren and Theon, and like I want stuff, but at the same time, like I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's greedy to try and make them their own faction, or or if you swap with somebody else. Because they are gonna go, like but I think they're gonna go full faction, unless maybe there's like a weird neutral mechanic where it's like you can play. Well, yeah, I don't know, because they're gonna do know. a starter set in quarter four of this year. And they're going to try and do a new distribution model where I guess they release the starter faction with like a few units, a few core units mm-hmm. all at once. Yeah. Yep, just to make them playable. Yep. And you think that's a better way to do it than like kind of teasing it out over time? I mean, it definitely makes it more playable right at the start. We do have so many neutrals though. I mean, maybe do you think that... It's a good experiment. I think I think what you need to give them... So so the problem is that until you... So here's... here's my, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, Manny. I'm, I'm, I'm Dave Dice. I'm the people making this game. <laughs> um, Dave Dice is a wonderful Dave Dice. Anyway, the uh, the he's his lawyer. He's a no. He's a super nice guy. No, like he's he's just like he is genuinely just a great human being. I I really. Um, but uh, the um the the question I have to ask myself is, if people take this starter set and kind of and and we didn't quite get the mix right, you know what I mean, and it's not fun to play with. Mm -hmm. What is the threat? Oh, interesting. To me, selling those products later on. So here's me putting yeah. my business hat back on, right? So, so just releasing that box, if you were to go on a scale of Free Folk Tonight's Watch, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where Free Folk were, oh shit, you can't use anything outside this box. Right. You know what I mean? You've got nothing except what comes in this box, and half of it is just hot garbage with the, with the, with the unit mixing. Right. I mean, like, who, who put Tormund Giant's name on the table? Who put Jor on the Right. I mean, like, like at all. Like, no, I, not, never. Yeah. Saw the <laughs> no, and, never. And I think, and Torment is just like, 
yeah and Herman's like oh I make these Raiders real good like why, why would you right. put them in um and so like it's 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 this like dice toss of did I did I generate enough player interest with this release that they're going to be excited about the stuff later on if you're smart and if that's what you're thinking about um and so I think I think what you do is you look at that as what could we put it alongside this box to widen the amount of playable mm. options? Yeah. And so even just like if you did core box plus heroes one, uh, and right. maybe and maybe whatever the core unit is in that box. So like let's say if I was if I was to go back in time and redo free folk, mm-hmm. if you did free folk heroes one, and maybe either just more raiders or something different, like let's say followers right. of bone. Right. You know what I mean? What a different oh god yeah. All of a sudden. Or even better, imagine you did skin changers in Heroes One. Oh, where, where like where like skin changers drastically increase the value right. of choppers and raiders. Right? So I think that's what they did with Baratheons because they did Baratheons Hero Box instead yeah. of doing Baratheons Unit Hero Box. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the unit was the Wardens. That's not like a real new unit. Like, but the but the Baratheons desperately needed that because yeah. the Baratheons had an inbuilt divide. Right. right. A lot like oh, right, right. Folk, yeah. Where, or you literally could like if you think about if you think about every other previous box leading up to that everything mixes there's nothing excluded mm-hmm. by virtue of who is leading the army and you had half of the use in that, that box not work with the other half you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. you 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 were basically forced into armists out of that box where you you're now playing with armists but you don't feel like you have player agency because i didn't get to choose what i took yeah that makes right. sense. And so giving giving you giving you that mix of like here's at least seven different options, what it does is it just increases the possibility of people feeling like they have agency, being excited about exploring their options. Because that's all miniature wargaming is. Miniature wargaming is people tinkering. Mm-hmm. Right? It's tinkering with lists. Like it Chase, if you were to add up the hours of how much time you spent <laughs> thinking about playing a song of ice yeah. and fire yeah. versus how many hours <laughs> you actually spend playing a song of ice and fire, yeah. I'll be honest. Like I am I am the living embodiment of plays miniature war games. Like I play, I probably play more miniature war games in a year than than any other human being on earth. Like I don't I don't I don't know anybody else who could possibly play as much as me. Like it it maybe well, dude, when you have videos coming out almost daily, I mean it but, is daily. I think do you have to you but, take a day off. No, but there, it's well I do have no I have, I have something coming out every day. Sunday is the and, yeah as the tool the widgets and, yeah yeah. It was wonders yeah and so <laughs> so like it it's or, or it's a podcast and, and so it's. It's this like, even then, I still probably spend more time getting ready to play, thinking about playing, talking to Owen about projects we want to work on, talking to guests who are going to come in about a project we're going to do six months from now, you know, than than I do actually physically playing. (laughs) Because, and and that's, I mean, that's half of that is the version that I do everything myself. Like I I paint everything myself. I make my train. But but the other half is that nobody, but, but nobody does. Right does the physical action of playing a game as much as they do thinking about it and tinkering. And so if you were, if you're a business and you want to give people actually the most satisfaction is just give them more toys to tinker with. Hmm. Right. And so I think you get a, you get a more likely jump off. I guess that's where people get frustrated then. Right. It's like when they get it, I think the Baratheon players, their hero box, they're probably the most frustrated because when things, when they, you know, struggle with the game, they lost to their buddy who has got a full army and they just have a starter set. There's not as many ways they can tinker with it to be like, oh, if I do this, it's solved. Yep. Hmm. Well, and it, and it it never feels good to lead on the neutrals either, because the problem is it just takes the same neutrals. Like, yeah, it was it was the old Varus versus Varus. 
Yeah. I have to take Varus to counter your Varus. Oh, I have to take, like, and, and now it's just, it's these other five plans. It's these other five plans. See, is I have to take uh, Walter Frey to counter your Walter. Right? Like, it, it's, I, I think that if, if there was one thing that that I think they need to just completely go back and re-examine. It's just the NCU. So, yeah. So, I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, other things that you'd like to see improved in the game. So, if, if that's the route then. So, the problem is that the five-point NCUs, you think, skew it too much? or No, no. I think, I think that the problem is that you have NCUs replacing tabletop units. It, it, it's a weird thing right now where it... So, so I, again, I, I stand back and I, I do the Matrix thing where I don't, I don't see ones and zeros anymore. I just see the the nature of the blondes and brunettes and the redheads. It's <laughs> what I see is I see I see I see points moving off the board into nothing. It's it's mm-hmm. sucking it's sucking agency units off the table. And because there's only five spots on the typically and you know the right. Targaryens are gonna change that, but typically there's only five spots on the board. You have this removal of player agency to a more restricted playing pool. And and if I was to if I was to go back way back into the beginning, or if I was just to strip back a song of ice and fire and make a wish list for second edition, mm-hmm. it, it would be that the NCU point pool and the and the the army point pool are just two separate. Oh, make, make it so that you play you, you you play fifty point games and you get mm-hmm. ten points to spend on NCUs and you get forty points to spend on. Yeah, that makes sense actually. And so all of a sudden, you can have five point NCUs because they are really powerful what they do in particular mm-hmm. but if that guy is going to eat into half of your ncu allowance you know what i mean mm-hmm. one that the tactics board stops being so crowded right because right. You, you're only able to take if you're taking two five point ncus you're only getting two period right and right. and the the four and three point ncus find their place and it just becomes more of a okay so this is one this is a separate battlefield Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you accept that it only dominates this amount of the game. It'll actually make assigning point values to the NCUs easier because you don't longer have to worry about the siphoning off of battlefield potential. Yeah. And it, means, and it means that battlefield potential point values become easier too because the problem with assigning either of the point values right now is influence over the overall outcome of the game. Right. And you, you do not score points as quickly except for in one or two cases where random objectives through NCUs. You only score points. So, so you want to have a certain amount of like influence as a game designer over how many activations sit there, how many wounds total sit there. And the problem is mm-hmm. the players right now have, have a, a real tendency to, to mess up that math by drawing activations off the table on the practice board. All right. And not, and not even by choice, because right now the whole Varus Walter Frey thing means that if you don't take them, you just can't win. Right. right. So, so you're, you're, you're ending up playing like 25 point games because you have to take these guys that are, that are jockeying for position on the, on the, on the tactics board. But if you don't take them and you don't activate them first and around, like I can't remember the, the last time I played a game in the last probably four or five games I played, where we didn't see Walter Frey and Varus on one or two sides and we didn't have to get them down as Right. Right. And so, like these first activations, you're not even making battlefield games. You're getting your Walter Frey onto the throne, or you're getting, you know what I mean? Like you're mm-hmm. you're you're doing that thing that you have to do to make it so that the rest of your battlefield turn can happen. And that's just that's not an engaging gameplay experience because you're forced into taking you're forced into making choices that remove player agency by virtue of how the instances work. Right. Yeah. I definitely see what you're talking about there. Um, you know, I think I don't know if it's as bad as like you have to always take Walter Frey. Um 
Yeah, I suppose as a free folk player, I'm. But I, but free folk, like when you're building lists and you know you're going into that, it's like, well, I just know I have to have enough units that are spread out and crappy so that well, you're, I don't have army, any one play exactly. like power play your, your, unit. Your army, your army by nature, right. just just turns him off. Like, but, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, but but then if you're if you're not going to take Walder Freyrevers, then you essentially have to be pil- building your army around him anyway. Yep. So you might as well just take him. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. I think that makes sense. Gosh. And the the pool, the point pool, I think that would also make it really interesting for for balance in the future as well. Man, you are <laughs> you are like your your experience in this genre is so deep. I think you laid that out like very compelling. I'm just like, there's no more like I'm ready to discuss about it because I'm just like, yeah, no, that's just that's like that just makes sense. <laughs> very airtight. So you know, but the on the flip side, I think you know, uh, for people, if you're listening, and you're just getting into the game. Don't worry, like, you know, the game's still evolving. There's new characters yeah. coming all the time that are going to threaten these, uh, you know, sometimes that might be, a, you know, an increase in this sort of escalation. Um, I think we're seeing that with the Lady of Thorns being able to yeah. shut off one. Yeah. But then and, and, does it come down to every faction just has to have a NCU that shuts off another faction's NCU? Well, I think, I think what we're seeing that should give everybody some optimism, if you're new or old to the game, is that the game designers are are designing stuff a, a bit closer to the cutting edge of the game mm-hmm. and and they're not afraid to try new shit like yeah. the, the, just creating a new zone of the time explorer the warlocks is is a huge thing and so that's like and like that tactics board is that that zone is bananas like if, if, <laughs> yeah. it, if it releases releases as it is that is the craziest tactic zone like just those three effects like they're all bananas. Like all of them are crazy. The number six effect is absolutely insane. Um, but because it's a dice roll, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at uh, the double edged sword of you take this guy, it gives your opponent this ability too. You know what I mean? So for so, 50% of the game, you have to, you have to deal with this on top of potentially being able to inflict. So for those of you at home that maybe don't remember what the House of the Undying Tactic Zone does, it's a, you, if you claim the zone, you roll a die. On a one, your opponent discards their hand of tactics cards. Then they may place up to two condition tokens on one of your combat units. If you're Targaryens and you've got like Unsullied, you're not going to care about condition tokens anyway. Um, on a two through five, your opponent discards the top two cards of their tactics deck. And then on a six, search your tactics decks for any one tactics card and place it in your hand. Then shuffle your deck and then roll again. It's just Great. even even the one is just been, like. Could you imagine being yeah. a Night's Watch player and being like, "Okay, I've got twelve cards in my hand because of the draw that I have." And then oh, your opponent just goes, "Especially Night's Watch players." And your opponent are... just, <laughs> just goes, "Throw your hand away, asshole!" And you go, and like right. your just falls. Like, you're, just like there'd the, be nothing you could do. The Lannisters even just hanging on to your counterplots, and you're like, "I need yeah. this card for this count or adaptive methods that are." You know. <sighs> Just, the uh, the one is almost worse than anything else. Like I'll take conditions. I don't give a shit about that. Like, if, <laughs> like go ahead, throw a panic. I mean, I'll, I'll lose guys if you have to throw away like a seven grand for like mm-hmm. for for probably for probably fifty percent of the armies in the game right now. I'd say three or to, three or four to seven. That that ends the game. Like right there. If I was a Nightwatch player and halfway through the game I had it on my hand, I'd probably just lose because I'm so because the army is built around me having those cards. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I'm just saying they're being brave with their game design, and mm-hmm. and, I, and who knows? Like that zone probably won't make it to 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 release exactly like that. Or if it does, if it's already printed, then you know it might change in like six months because nothing's honestly even right. the, the game right now are sacred. Like they're willing to. They're well, willing what's to weird try is that we don't see and a lot of competitive lists like we don't often see people really leaning into the RNG stuff as much. 
No. But this might just be good enough that what is the real downside here? <laughs> well, opening up a six activation, there's so many powerful free NC commanders too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Howland Reed is a, oh, a, to a top right. shelf commander. You're right. Uh, what's it called? Roos is a great commander. Almost any factor. Um, especially in Lannisters, we can lead into panic too. It's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like um, things that just widening the tactic support is going to be going to be crazy. I I was surprised it didn't replace a tactic zone, but I guess it couldn't do that because if it did that, it would it would it would exit some abilities that are native to like tactics cards and tactics decks in different factions. Um, <laughs> And I haven't, you know, we haven't had people really playing games with this yet. I wonder if uh, this will lead to more of what you were kind of concerned about. We're going to see more people like putting points into NCUs or if this will, you know, kind of spread out the zones more and maybe make it so that, but I don't know, like, is this going to like well, alleviate so, the NCU tactics so, pressure or is this going to be like <laughs> even more of an arms race to get the zones? But think about this. So think about this. Think of what other large buildings in Westeros or in like you know the, just that area might might end up with this same game mechanic. Like I could yeah. very I could very well see a new area who's an assassin. You know what I mean with the mm -hmm. uh, House of Black and White as her like tactic song. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where like you you end up with a heck like, he's just, like the you know Castle Rock and it's you know a new version yeah. of a Lannister hero or yeah you get a you get a you, it's when we get Kevin man get Kevin Lannister. The hero we Kevin. need got the hero we got. <laughs> yeah. everybody forgets, Uncle Kevin. Uncle like, Kevin's oh, going to come rescue us. It's, it's Dickard or whatever his name yeah. was. Like, Fucking like, <laughs> Dick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like the B Lannisters, Lannister B squad. Because <laughs> we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. It's, it's yeah. box three. It's going to be like, yeah. box B. It's the B squad that nobody fucking cares about. I hope they do that, actually. I really do hope. You're like, you're, you're like all characters are just like, who? Who are these who guys? Who is that? Who's like, oh, it's Carl. You know Carl. Oh, it's, and, no, uh, it's, it's this yeah. one's led by this one's led by Hot Pie. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, this is definitely gonna be a Hot Pie. People are people will generally be excited for him. I think yeah, in a weird yeah, way, but yeah, it'll be it'll be a Hot Pie and Gendry fucking tag team. I hope it's just like, like skin that. changers, where it's just like his model, and then a bunch of like you know pies or something random. You're just like, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of different pies, or it'll be um Biter and whatever the other guy's name were. The two oh. fucking weird guys. The Night's Watch. Yeah. Or for actually, no, they'd become. Uh, they'd they, they might actually do them for new because they become they they yeah, eventually no. become Bolton. Yeah, they're all at uh they'll become Boltons when uh Roos takes what's that big castle called that's haunted? Uh Harrenhal? no uh Harrenhal. Yeah, Harrenhal. Harrenhal. When he takes Harrenhal. Yeah. They'll 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 switch sides and get get rescued basically because they're all basically supposed to be Northmen. They yeah. throw them with the Northmen. Oh no, they throw them with the bombers. They throw them with the body bombers. That's what they That's why when you talk about like, you know, running out of names, like I feel like this is actually one IP where like they got a decent ways to go still. If you're oh, pulling for sure. out uh I mean the know. fact that like the fact that Hote even has a miniature already, I'm like really? Right. That guy? That guy got yeah. a miniature? Or uh Really? I don't have a cold hands yet. You got a Hote? Jesus. What's, what's going on? Yeah, no, I would say the new players, you, you, there's 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 plenty of adaptability from the design team that seems to be willing to try new things and enter into new uh, design space. So not I'm not worried about that. I think that keeps people interested. Um but every game eventually is gonna hit a hit a wall at least and just life cycle stuff. Because this is what happens. Yeah. It's well, not speaking of, speaking of games in general, then is there a game besides the Song of Ice and Fire the Miniatures game that you think people should check out? Like is there any uh recent things that you've been looking at? 
I, I've been looking at. I, I kind of missed the big push on this one, but there's a Last Days Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of that one. Uh, the, the, I, I have heard of that one. Yes. The designer. Uh, it, it, well, I mean, you're talking, about, you're, talking, you're talking about indie games now. I mean, in, indie games, sure. indie games in general, um, are robust from the point of view of they don't tend to go anywhere. They're always going to be around, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them have like unique play mechanics. Last Days is getting talked right now because um we put out the solo and cooperative play for free yeah uh, as a free supplement on the, the osprey website uh along with the solo rules for frostgrave they just put up solo rules for ragnarok which is that that game um and obviously in the, the world of like social isolation that we're in <laughs> there's some there's some like there's some there's some time to check out these indie titles and also a lot of, like they're not mass they're not mass combat games it'd be hard to write an ai for a song of ice and fire that wouldn't break down really quickly but right. for you know for like an adventure game which is like a light D, it's real easy to write an ai we know? actually that was like one of our surprises we wanted to try and do was make a song of ice and fire ai and uh we just gave up it's <laughs> there was no it, yeah <laughs> it, it, it you couldn't do it it's the pro the problem is that it's it's too it the problem is it would require two ais it would CU AI and a right, yeah, uh, and a tabletop AI, and they have to actually decide which one was going to go when. And, and then that's like the biggest problem. Cards, and then there isn't there right. isn't a way to do that. And I then think, it's just not the same game if you're just like, uh, but do it without tactics cards or NCUs, and it's like, well, then I'm yeah. then why? It's a dice generator. Like what? <laughs> what, what I would do is I would just take the miniatures off their squares and play frost with them. There we go. <laughs> the nice thing about miniatures is they don't care what game they're playing. That's, that's a that's a secret I'll tell all you people. If you have a bunch of miniatures, and it's weird that like, I think maybe that's a Games Workshop thing where a lot of hobbyists who come to miniature wargaming through, you know, the mass market where like they mm-hmm. they learn about the Games Workshop store, the hobby store they see like the most the most popular thing being played, is that they 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 get that idea that there's like a right and a wrong way to to approach your toy soldiers, and all, the the secret is your toy soldiers don't actually know what you can do anything <laughs> you want. And I just watch my son. So if I if I walk into like my den right now, just sitting on my kitchen counter, I walk into my den right now. Um, uh, I turn on the light, and my son's got one of my my Loki battle mats um, dungeon books open, mm-hmm. and there is Tormund Giant Spain and a uh, uh, was it Lady Val and mm-hmm. um, what's his name Mance Raider, uh, along with a Ultramarine. <laughs> and a couple of a couple of hero quest orcs. Those free folk are gonna jump that ultimate man. I don't and, know. And they're and they're having some kind of messed up dungeon adventure right now. because <laughs> uh, these are all just miniatures that I gave him, like a bunch of hero quest models. These are all just yeah. things I gave him. And and oh, that quest. right, like but that that right there is kind of like the unsaid secret of miniature wargaming that I think if you figure it out. Jeez, um, how, do, how do people's kids sign up for your distance learning? Yeah. <laughs> They're getting a real education there. That's a hero quest. Uh, yeah, man. Well, this is all just all the one piece uh, pre-assembled miniatures that I have lying around that yeah. I'm not going to use. You know what I mean? It's so only got two, three, I think three sets. So he doesn't you appreciate that, that at you know least you let so your free folk be played with your kids, and you're not like cutting them up to put on your base. <laughs> no, he has he has all he has a bunch of Night's Watch. Um, uh, captains or the whatever the, the swarm brother captains or whatever mm-hmm. it's just all the extra missions you don't need you know yep. I mean? like you're, you're gonna you're gonna end up with doubles yeah and, and and owen owen will just give give like my kids basically everything that he's not using <laughs> um and they have imagination games for them and so just to like circle back to that whole like indie thing 
is if you're if you're looking for a way to enjoy your your model collection or your your toy soldiers that you have can't play play there's tons of options out there um for games that just use fancy miniatures you know what i mean and, and the song of ice and fire miniatures are some of the nicest uh i would say single piece fantasy miniatures out there right now we're, I'm, we we're planning people that buy them just for D D. well that's it we're planning on using the those four miniatures for D D. actually the tournament giants paint we're gonna have to oh yeah to look like me my daughter's gonna be lady val and my son's oh, gonna be man's awesome. right so that's that's the those are the three people that we'll use in our D D eventually right? phenomenal yeah well i mean and that's it like so last days is just like i would say there's probably more people that try to last days just mm-hmm. to circle back to cool and you're not um with zombie side collections yeah uh than any other thing you know what i mean or uh walking dead all at war collections because they have these miniatures and it's just a, another fun engaging light role-playing game way of playing them um and so that's a that's an interesting thing right now that i think the people are out with their hobby time and they're Lots of stuff in the indie market out there. I'm playing. Um, I, I'm playing a uh, a game that Mike Hutchinson, who wrote uh, Gaslands, mm-hmm. uh, is is working on right now. It's in like alpha and beta development. Um, called Perilous Tales, and it's basically just so the way he described it. So he wrote it to basically be like a 1950s like like monster movie miniature game where like every every episode it's played so like you never play as the bad guys. You have to face a villain. So it's like the final act of like monster uh, movie where like yeah like where like dracula shows up wolfman shows up or a mummy shows up or whatever and i basically because i'm because I'm, I'm an idiot and i can't not look at everything through my own lens i was like oh so it's the x-file and he's like oh. and he's like and he's like uh and i was like no it's, like, it's i'm gonna play this game and i'm just gonna make it the x he's like uh it's, i painted a bunch of miniatures to uh to basically be Mulder and scully it's Asian oh, Anderson and Asian Decovery. And like and like the you know the, the the way more competent people that usually fall around, um, <laughs> and uh, and, and I had like a like monster encounter already, and it was super fun. And it was just me, literally just going through boxes at the studio and finding like, oh, this this guy kind of looks like David Duchovny, and this kind of looks like Jillian Anderson, and here's some like cobblestone SWAT team miniatures that I have, and what kind of monster movie villains do I have? So the first one I did, weird like demon, with like rat swarms and like little like weird like it's like backup it was kind of like a uh uh john carpenter's prince of darkness thing and then mm-hmm. the second one i did so it's basically the ghosts from pulse but it was oh. like it was like in like a campground like some kids found like a weird standing stone and got sucked into it disturbed some bones got turned into ghost monsters um and it, and it played it was super fun it played out exactly the way i thought it was going to uh Mulder lost his gun about halfway through again <laughs> just like fell, <laughs> fell down a uh and skelly carried the team uh for like two adventures so far and actually it's it's been fun because it's been challenging the, the ai is actually really smart in this one in both games i narrow I, in the second game i like succeeded in the first game i'm pretty sure that like uh skinner was basically yelling at a, a good week or two after they got back and we're like how many SWAT team guys died like what's wrong with you <laughs> anyway yeah no, it's i think that's a that's a unique opportunity right now is if you've got a miniature wargaming collection that you looking at you don't know what to do with go go dig through all the all the all the all the the, the more punk rock stuff that's floating around out there because there's tons of stuff you can play that you don't need an opponent for you can play with your kids or that um that's uh that's like bite-sized too like it's not going to take up a huge amount of space you can just yeah a few play. well i was watching your your last days uh videos and uh on osprey publishing you can just pick up the the the, the pdf the e-published mm-hmm. book 
Yeah, I think uh, they've sold. They've actually they've actually sold out of the hard covers. The the first runs actually sold out right now. The yeah, the hard cover stock, but you can probably find them in uh, Amazon. Other other retailers probably still have them for a bit. Uh, I'll do that. Then I want to. I want myself a nice hard copy too. So. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, other than that, I mean, it's been kind of crazy times. I think you know, there's definitely been time to do hobby time. Um, I've actually been enjoying going back. Because uh, you you put out a lot of content and content, I mostly watch the uh, Slung of Ice and Fire stuff, and then I'm I'll pop in and watch like a lot of your reviews. Just even though I don't play a lot of Games Workshop stuff, I just like hearing you talk about it. Especially, I've been really really liking it. If there's any way to like push you to make more of this with a little bit of influence, I love those White Dwarf read throughs you do. I really? don't know what ones? it is, but it's just because um, those are all the ones you've done so far have all been before I actually started getting White Dwarfs right. like. I think my first was like at, uh, like 193 or something. So like way after you were like, yeah. you have like 70s and 80s you're doing. Um, I think but, I started with like, like, like low 20s or 30s. Yeah. Or like, like, because what's funny is, is that those, those early white dwarfs, it's, they're, they're not even about miniature warhammer. There's right. no warhammer yet. Like it's, it's all, all the role yeah. playing. Yeah. Like, but the thing, like, I don't know. And I'll put up a line painting and it's just like, it's that perfect amount where it's like you're flipping through, talking about that, the, the, you in the corner and then the book opening, like, so clearly i don't know but uh you should do more you should do more of those <laughs> I, I definitely will i actually have it's really funny i, I think i talked to you about this before we started recording but i thought i've had a bunch of really good ideas kind of like bubble up for this whole like weird i get to make stuff that like i normally wouldn't make and it's it's funny because like the whole social isolation doesn't really change much for me because there is so much indie content and even like mainstream i'm prepping to do um more Blackstone Fortress. Uh, we're having 40,000 Blackstone Fortress right now, which is a great solo play board game from Games Workshop and has tons of expansions and tons of depth. Um, and you can play it for ages. Like you can do a million different missions. Um, I'm playing Space Hulk. Oh, which yeah. Which is a, a classic like aliens kind of style, like uh, a derelict spaceship game uh, from the, the 80s and 90s. Um, but then I'm also playing indie games. Like I'm playing Perilous Tales, which Mike has you know, gotten like beta uh i've been recording some last days i've been doing a bunch of like fallout stuff and elder scroll stuff through modifius oh i saw your elder scroll stuff that's that's it's really cool as hell too. it's they, they they the elder scroll stuff is one of those things too where like i'm really happy with it not just because um i like the property but i do like the property but because they took what they did with fallout and they just they streamlined it and improved it took all the greatest parts of fallout, fallout i made an elder scrolls game that plays really really um anyway but yeah so so the but i guess the, the sort of like the roundabout thing i'm talking about here is that i'm getting to do a lot of what i want just because i don't have to like work to somebody else's schedule and not doing it with guests or with owen it's like i'm not trying to like also kind of do what they want to do i'm just kind of like mm -hmm. i can just make what i want um and someone was saying the other day i should do a uh oh, i didn't actually no i didn't talk to you about this i should talk to someone a while ago um <laughs> I did a, uh, I did a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a, uh, a chat a little while ago, and someone mentioned that I should do a playthrough of some of the old Choose Your Own Adventure books from the 80s. Oh like, my, like, you 100% like should. I should. But I should do yes. it live and have like the yes. audience like influence what I'm doing. So I might go to my storage unit this week and like dig out some fighting fantasy novels. Oh and, my God. Uh, and try and do like a, do like a live show or stream down and just we try and get through one of them and see how far we get so we can get to paragraph uh and like and i think it's like just weird shit like that i mean like 
those are those are the original OG single player. Yeah. Um, you know, gaming experience. I think that'd be fun. That'd be fun. So just yeah, stuff like that. I, I and I'll definitely do more. It's funny because the white dwarf ones, I literally just did because like, it was there was no like rhyme or reason to it. I was like, oh fuck, I found this, I found this box of old white dwarf stuff. I was like, I should show people this. Look at how fucking this, look at how crazy the cover of this is. It's like there's titties on it and like weird, <laughs> like weird hookah smoking warlocks. Yeah. This is some this is some Hawkwind shit right here. Like 1970 bananas like fantasy. This is stuff your mom thought you you were joining a cult that you had in your in your room. You know, this is the satanic panic like basically in a in, a, in an 80 page like perfect bound document so yeah there'll be, there'll be more of that for sure heck even i remember i mean i was much later i think we've got a, a, a little bit of an age difference not too much but um uh i just remember even with the warhammer stuff i had having people come over and be like why does this space person have like a nazi relic symbol or something yeah exactly it's like uh because they're space fascists. Because the entire the, the entire the entire Imperium is a terrible place. No one would want to live in. <laughs> like there are no good guys in 40K. The closest thing to good guys in 40K are the Tyranids, because they're just animals. <laughs> they're just they're just sharks. They don't feel anything. They're just consuming the galaxy. It's like being yeah, mad at a like prime Yeah, exactly. It's like being mad at a prime Like no one's a good guy. They're all terrible. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the irony good guys in 40k whoever you're playing as are terrible people and they do terrible things and you shouldn't want to be like them there's no there's no good like high almost as bad as those bolton players in a song of his empire i guess yeah, neutral man. players but there are guys that play bolton <laughs> hey it's just like it's like future emma told us it would make to, to command gray yeah like, <laughs> those damn neutrals what does it take to make a man neutral kid um the uh the the whole like um idea that i think of of doing just more weird kind of like content like i think people enjoy i i should i should do more i'll be honest the the biggest the biggest change i guess through this whole socialization thing for me is just my kids aren't being in school so yeah. i've lost the free time of um when they're with me and they're they're you know they're basically just doing i'm, I'm basically teaching them mm-hmm. we're doing, doing almost eight hours a day whatever the online learning and stuff is well it's 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 a pretty light like curriculum but the problem is there's two of them you know what i mean so that right. doubles um, the amount of yeah. like, running around time so like differentiating I, I, is yeah yeah I've, i mean i've got friends they have like three girls and mm-hmm. that's just like a crazy amount of like work they're in grades three one and oh uh, god and, and junior kindergarten and like just like the difference in curriculum and how work they have to get done like it's that's a huge that's a huge like just amount of like time that parents haven't been used to doing things for so no yeah and I, I trying to do all their say, other stuff too right well that's it yeah and try to keep the house going and make dinner and you know break up fights and all the usual parents bsc you go through so i think that um i think that there's there's tons of things i want to do but right now i'm budging my time just to make sure that i'm still getting the, the basic content yeah well you're doing an awesome job and i love your channel and you you know i just thank you so much for you know everything you've done for the song of ice and fire community I know, uh, especially in the beginning, like you were the only guy making battle reports <laughs> and, yeah, you know, you're still going with it. And it's like, it's just always great to see that. Um, I was actually thinking uh, one of these times I might try and make the drive up there. It's a bit of a haul, but maybe I'll see if I can come up there. And we can get a game in at some point. Yeah, man. Come north of the wall. You can come once, north the, of the wall, once all this passes by when I'm that's so crazy, I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I that's going to be, that's going to be a lot. Actually. It's going to be a while. There's going to be, there's going yeah. to be a lot of people that want to like, that want to like do something they couldn't do. I like got everybody's everybody's making that list right now. It's the top ten things I'm gonna do <laughs> when I 
when I get when I get done being stuck at home or being socially isolated. I just want to I want to do like the like the only thing I'm I'm working out with all the usual summer we used to do. like I want to go to my cottage and I want to like go go canoeing and like you know just do like outside stuff. Is that like further north in Canada? Are you is that, is that yeah, like yeah. Canadian? There, there there is a further. We, Aren't you at the edge? Live, There's civilization beyond yeah, you. We, I thought, uh... we, we live in like America Light down here, basically in southern mm. Ontario. And then I'm like, I'm only like 20 minutes from the border. Like I'm, I'm right across the border, so it's not far. Just like upstate New York. As if we go, if we go another, don't you do eight, it? Eight don't hours, you do it? Don't, <laughs> don't insult Buffalo like, like you did last episode. I don't want the they emails. Have, they have fabulous food, <laughs> and they have they have a they have a B level hockey team. And they oh, have gosh, here it goes. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Sabres, the Sabres have heart. That's what's important. I should never, I can't talk shit about any hockey teams though, because I, the Maple Leafs are the most garbage hockey team in existence. Um, but yeah, I know the, uh, the, the like, just the like, uh, college country ranking is probably like five or six hours north. Um, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's Canadian Shield, you know, like the big rockiest garments. And a bit like, uh, if you've ever been to Illinois, been to the, Jericho State Park or something like that. Pillars State yeah, Park, yeah. the big, 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 big pillars and stuff like that. It's kind of cool because, well, because uh, I mean, Illinois is actually further north than Buffalo oh. is. Yeah. You, it's 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 hard because we don't think about the as being like this weird, this weird like swinging line. It looks it looks like a, it looks like a heart monitor. It actually goes up and down all crazy. Um, Michigan and and Illinois like way further than I am here. <clears throat> Wait well, when when uh you know all these uh social distancing passes hopefully sooner than later hopefully get some vaccines mm-hmm. and stuff but it will meet up at some point play some games for sure dude sounds good right. well thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for having me until next time i hope you get your miniatures on the table <laughs>